Rundown with Mason Cho. Welcome in, welcome in to the very first episode of the Red Rifle Rundown. I am the Red Rifle Mason Choate. You might know me from my previous work over at ESPN Arkansas. You probably heard me on Ruskin and Zach. That's where I got my nickname, the Red Rifle. They gave me that nickname, Zach Arns and Derek Ruskin over there, uh, because apparently I look like Andy Dalton. And if I look like the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, then I will take that. Yes, I said starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Not a big Dak fan. Also not a big Cowboys fan, so suck on that. Anyways, what are we going to do on this show? We're going to talk about football. Um, I'm a big football guy, not a big baseball, basketball. I mean, like, I like watching baseball and basketball, but when it comes to talking about it, if I'm going to talk about it, it's probably going to be college, not a huge MLB or NBA guy. Anyways, we're going to have guests on the show, a lot of fun, cool people, entertaining people. Got some lined up so far, really excited to talk to them. Those episodes will be fun, but this episode will just be me just getting to know me because I feel like in my past, I've kind of been really professional. Um, you might know me from Press Roots Podcast. Uh, if you want to go listen to that, it's on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get a podcast. You can go listen to that podcast anywhere. It's Press Roots Podcast. I do that with Robert Stewart. He's a sports editor of the Traveler newspaper. That is the campus newspaper for the University of Arkansas, the university that I attend. Um, yeah, so I'm excited about this new podcast. Uh, I'm, I kind of, I'm kind of outgoing when it comes to talking about sports. So that's what I'm going to do on this podcast. I'm going to be myself hundred percent myself. I'm excited to talk to other people because I feel like they've only seen my professional side. So when they see this side, they probably are not going to like me anymore. They'll delete my phone number. Hopefully not though. Cause I need those connections for my future. Anyways, this episode, there's not really any football to talk about. Anyways, we're going to talk about it though. So, this is, I'm recording this episode on Sunday, August 9th. So, you probably know that the Power Five commissioners met today to talk about the future of the college football season. Uh, the Big Ten reportedly was going to cancel their season. Uh, the Big Ten was the first conference to come out and say, hey, we're going to play conference only. Uh, first Power Five conference, that is. Um, of course, everybody knows the Mac canceled their season. Um, that kind of threw a wrench into everything. The Mac has some decent teams. I mean, they're not a Power Five conference at all, but for the Mac to cancel, that's really hopefully, hopefully not. But it, it might lead to a domino effect, which we're seeing with all the. I mean, there's an emergency meeting with Power Five commissioners. So if one Power Five conference goes, I feel like they're all going to go. If it's the Big Ten, maybe not though. Because there's, I mean, several sources have said that if the Big Ten goes down, then maybe like Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, kind of the top tier teams, maybe Wisconsin, of the Big Ten would go play with the Big 12. Because the Big Ten, the Big 12 only has like eight or ten teams, I think. I believe, ah, I don't know. Should have done my research. Um, anyways, the Big 12 does not actually have 12 teams. That's what I'm trying to say. So if some Big Ten teams wanted to go down there, 
play for the Big 12, they could. Those top teams were like, like Ohio State, Columbus, Ohio, they need that money in that town for them to be able to survive. It's the same thing with Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I mean, if, if, you're, if, if we're talking about economic impact, football generates as much as $150 million from some, for some schools. You're talking about Alabama. What else is there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, than, other than the University of Alabama? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's other stuff, but it's nothing noteworthy and nothing that's probably going to make the city as much money as the University of Alabama playing football. With that being said, that's a lot of money. $150 million just from one sport. I mean, we've seen schools like Stanford cancel their sports or cancel other sports like, I don't know, like Olympic sports or whatever. But it's the, it's the football, the football like here at the University of Arkansas, football generates more revenue probably than the basketball and baseball team combined. And we have really, really strong, really strong baseball and basketball teams. Definitely baseball, basketball's on the rise with musclemen. But for the football team to still generate as much as those two combined, probably more, that's a big deal. You need football to play. Um, but this, this thing with the emergency meeting, uh, uh, sources even told ESPN that over the past 48 hours that a postponement or cancellation seems inevitable. That doesn't sound good, but many of those sources believe it was ultimately will take a Power 5 conference to move things in that direction, and either that being the Big Ten or the Pac-12, those are probably going to be the two that the first two that would do it because they're. I mean, the Pac-12 they shouldn't even play anyways. I mean, they had Oregon in the playoff like what five years ago, and that's it. That's all they've done. The Pac-12 is on the down. Um, but if those Big Ten teams move to the Big 12 because the Big Ten cancels, I think that would be a good idea. I don't see it happening because I think if one Power Five conference goes down. The rest have to, because then what's the point? You're not going to have a playoff, because you can't have a playoff if one Power 5 conference is gone. I don't know how it's going to work, but I mean, I don't know. There's so many so many speculations out there, but a Power 5 administrator came out and said, it feels like no one wants to wants to cancel the season, but it's reaching the point where someone's going to have to. Why, though? Why does someone have to? I think we're at the point now. I mean, the players want to play. You see what Trevor Lawrence is putting on Twitter. The players want to play. And the, I don't th- I don't see a spring season working. If a, I, a spring season just doesn't work at all, because you end the season, then these NFL prospects have to go straight into the combine, and then after that they go straight to mini camp and training camp, and and then the players that don't play, then they're they have like what three weeks, and then they got to start summer practice for football, because then you don't have a spring practice. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But here, listen to this: a spring season is not going to work. Okay, well, what if what if the players you you say what if the players uh what if the players like Trevor Lawrence who are, who know they're going to get drafted why don't they just don't play? Well, that doesn't matter. Even if they don't play, it's just why why would you even want to see college football when you're not having the best of the best playing? I, I I'm going to be honest with you, the reason the XFL doesn't work in my opinion is because it's just amateur hour. It's you're comparing it to the NFL. The NFL is the best of the best. If you have the second and third stringers playing in college football, you're comparing that to the first stringers. You're comparing that to Trevor Lawrence playing, and I just don't find it as entertaining, to be honest with you. That's me. I mean, there's you're, you have your diehard college football fans out there who are like, yeah, I'll, I'll, watch, I'll watch a fourth-string guy who was a backup in high school go play at Clemson. But that's just not me, man. I want to see the best of the best. I want to see top-level competition, and I don't think you're going to see that with a spring season.
Now, ESPN says if they don't have a season, that could wipe out four billion dollars in revenue. I think you, I think you could probably guess that with TV deals and deals they have with schools. Um, but man, the players want to play, dude. Let them play. I don't think you're gonna see that big of a difference from now and when you want to play in the spring. I, I, me personally, I don't think that if you played in the spring that things are going to be completely different than if you just went ahead and played in the fall. Like, I don't, I don't think that the numbers are going to be drastically different of COVID cases to where it makes a lot better sense and it's a lot safer for the players to play. If you're going to have students on campus, there's some schools that are having like 85% of students go to class and if you're going to have that many students go to class, you might as well just play football. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, outside of that, do we have fans at the games? Do we have marching bands at the games? People forget about the marching bands. Uh, me, a proud former member of the Razorback marching band, I just don't see why the marching band would need to go to the game if if there were no fans. If there were fans, then yeah, go ahead and throw them out there. But man, is it hard to have a practice as a marching band during this? I mean, they have to social distance. They have to play outside the whole time because you can't blow air through your instruments inside. I mean, that's a safety hazard. Um, is it worth it to have the marching band at the game? I don't think so. But that's scholarships for students that they need to survive. Like last year as a freshman, I needed that scholarship, that band scholarship to afford to go to the University of Arkansas. I needed that. So you, there's so much, so many things to take into account. Now, do you have fans of the games? I think if you're going to play the game, go ahead and throw like 25% capacity. You can social distance that easily. I went to church this morning, and they social distance us easily. I mean, you, you can do the same thing at a football game. If you have 25% capacity in a stadium that holds 80,000 people, that, that would work. It would look weird, really weird. But it would be better than what the NBA is doing down in the bubble where they got people on the screen in the back. Not a big fan of that. Anyways, let's go to the SEC. And going to the University of Arkansas, of course, I'm familiar with the SEC. But man, does the SEC love their top teams. Do they love Alabama and LSU and Georgia? Let's talk about Arkansas and how they got shafted, man. They got completely shafted. How does Arkansas draw Georgia and Florida as their two extra opponents. Like those are the top two teams in the SEC East. And Arkansas, I don't understand, man. A team that's gone two and ten the past two years. And this isn't me being a homer. This isn't me saying like, oh, the SEC hates Arkansas. Even though the SEC does hate Arkansas, watch any Arkansas basketball game. They freaking hate us, man. Uh, anyways. It's top-heavy, dude. They favor the top of the food chain over in the SEC. Alabama's playing, what, Missouri and Kentucky? Like, are you kidding me? A Missouri team with a new head coach? And, I mean, to be honest with you, the guy seems like an idiot. And then a Kentucky team that lost a lot of talent? I mean, they'll probably still be decent. I feel like Mark Stoops is a very underrated coach, but still, man. that That's just, it's just annoying, man. I don't think it's going to change just like nothing in life ever changes. It's always unfair. It's always unfair as a Razorback fan. It's always unfair. Game two of the College World Series, it's always unfair. 
Anyways, as a, I, I was taught as a journalist, you're not supposed to uh, say we, but I'm going to say we because this is my podcast and I can do whatever the heck I want. So we're going to move on to the NFL. That's what I like. That's what I specialize in. I, I specialize. I mean, I, I'm definitely an NFL expert. Um, just kidding. Anyways, I want to talk about the teams who have the most momentum leading in to this 2020 season. Now, you might ask, well, you're talking about college football not playing. What about the NFL? I think the NFL is going to play. I mean, NFL is king. If NBA, MLB, NHL are going to play, NFL rules over all of those. All of them. All of them. All of them combined. I mean, you have oh, you have your diehard NBA fans. I think your diehard MLB fans are like 80 years old nowadays, and they don't care. They're, they're just happy that they have baseball, which might be going away. Thank you, St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but we'll see about that. Anyways, NFL is going to play, in my opinion. I, I mean, I, they're, they're having training camp now. They're doing a good job of that. It sucks that we can't see, like, we, we can't go to training camp. That's always fun. Um, but, man, I, the NFL is going to play. Anyways, let's talk about AFC contenders. So, I think I'm going to give you two teams that are the clear top teams in the AFC. And that's, that's the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, let's talk about the Baltimore Ravens. You, you get Calais Campbell, a guy who's had 16 and a half sacks over the past two years. I mean, that's a big addition to a defense that was already good, a defense with Earl Thomas, Matthew Judon. I mean, this is it's a stacked Baltimore defense. It's almost as good if you look back at the years with Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed. Like, I w- I'm not going to compare it to that because that was an all-time defense. But, man, is this defense looking scary, man. And then you draft a guy, J.K. Dobbins, who in his junior year at Ohio State had 2,000 rushing yards and 21 touchdowns, he's going to play behind Mark Ingram. If Mark Ingram gets hurt, I mean, you don't have to worry about anything. J.K. Dobbins is going to be just fine. And then you got the reigning MVP and passing leader in the NFL with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. Now, people are like, well, these defenses in the NFL, they're going to figure out what Lamar Jackson is doing and they're going to stop him this year. He's going to have a bad year this year. Not bad year, but he... Basically, what people are going to say is he can't replicate what he did. He's he's he has to have a drop off. I don't completely agree with that, but I don't disagree with it either. I think that he is going to have a drop off, but I think he's still going to be Lamar Jackson. Everybody's like, if he's running around and doing all this, he's going to get hurt. I mean, any quarterback can get hurt at any given time when he takes a hit. I mean, Tom Brady freaking tore his ACL. Um, so I, I think that, that that argument is kind of stupid. but And then you got Mark Andrews, who is now an elite tight end. I'd, I'd probably put him in the top three. You got Kelsey, Kittle, and now Mark Andrews. Um, he had 852 yards last year and 10 touchdowns. Now, I see those touchdowns probably dropping, but I can see the yards going up. And people say, well, he might not play because he has diabetes. But Stefania Bell said the other day on, a, on the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast that Mark Andrews really takes care of his diabetes. He does a good job with it. He always watches his blood pressure level. So I'm not worried about Mark Andrews not playing and opting out. I mean, he can't opt out now. He didn't because the deadline's gone. But I think Mark Andrews is a top three tight end in the NFL. I think he's number three. Um, People say Zach Ertz, maybe. Uh, Zach Ertz is just too injury prone for me. Anyways, let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. If you know me, I'm a huge Chiefs fan. Um... This isn't really, I think I think you can clearly tell that this isn't me just being biased. This is like, the Kansas City Chiefs are just good. Uh, originally, they were returning 20 of their 22 starters. 
I think they're down to 18 of the 22 starters now. They lost uh, Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, uh, guard on the offensive line, and then uh, Damian Williams, former starting running back. Uh, they both opted out of the season. Now, Damian Williams didn't do a whole lot in the regular season last year. I mean, he was he was there, and he helped. But, of course, everybody knows about playoff Damian. Uh, playoff Dame, as I say. I mean, he tore it up. Argument could be made that he was a Super Bowl MVP, but you got to give it to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you got to give it to Patrick Mahomes. And as a Chiefs fan, I would be okay if Damian Williams got it, but you got to give that MVP, Super Bowl MVP, to Patrick Mahomes. Either way, I'm not worried about it. They drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. I mean, if you go watch this guy's tape, he's a he's an animal. He's a beast. Uh, he just runs through players. I mean, he ran through the Alabama defense like they were a JV team. It wasn't even, I mean, it was. It didn't even look like competition. I mean, he had 1,400 yards rushing on the most pass-heavy offensive team in probably college football history. And then he also had 55 receptions along with 16 rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. That's just monstrous i mean of course their offense was dominant with joe burrow back there at quarterback but man i think edwards alaire is going to fit perfectly into this andy reed offense mahomes is going to be able to dump it off to him in the backfield i mean we're going to be seeing some screens there you still got tyree kill mccall hardman sammy Watkins, who took a pay cut travis kelsey i mean that offense is stacked and they'll find they'll find someone to fill in for duvernay tardif on the line now defensively is where i'm worried about them they lost Kendall Fuller in the in the secondary, which is a big loss. He was probably their best corner last year, arguably. I mean, I think Traverius Ward was Ward was the best corner, but he's going to have to step up. Traverius Ward is going to have to step up. You got Rashad Fenton. He's probably going to have to step up. Uh, Bashad Breland, he's got some kind of suspension thing going again, but I think the linebackers are okay. They drafted Willie Gay. I think Willie Gay is a really, really good linebacker out of Mississippi, Mississippi State. Um, he's just a prototype NFL linebacker. He's he's going to be really good. That's And then the D-line, of course, Frank Clark and Chris Jones. Chris Jones, who just got signed to an extension this offseason. I think the D-line is going to be really good. I'm more worried about the secondary uh, corners specifically because you got Juan Thornhill at strong safety and then Matthew at free safety. That, that That's pretty strong back there. But this is a Chiefs team that didn't lose a whole lot, and they gained some some good players like Edwards Allaire and Willie Gay. Now, outside of those two teams in the AFC, I mean, you got to you got to put the Pittsburgh Steelers up there with Big Ben back at quarterback. I think Big Ben, people forgot about him, but he's really 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 good. Um also, a lot of people are high on the Broncos. I don't buy the hype yet cuz I haven't seen it from Drew Locke, but I think the Broncos could be a scary good team in the AFC West, but they still got to get past the Chiefs. Um, you know, there's some other teams, but the Ravens and the Chiefs are kind of just like on their own level. Uh, now, moving over to the NFC, I had a lot of trouble with the NFC because there's so many good teams in the NFC. You got the Vikings, you got the Cowboys, you got the Eagles, who are probably going to be better if Carson Wentz can stay healthy. But the two teams I chose that I think are going to be up there are the 49ers and New Orleans, the Saints. Um also, the Buccaneers, I, I, I mean, any team that Tom Brady's playing on is going to be really good. So, when it comes to the 49ers, I mean, man, did they blow it in this Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan, dude cannot coach a Super Bowl. 
But people said Andy Reid couldn't win a Super Bowl either because he doesn't know how to time manage. So I'm sure Kyle Shanahan will get over that hump at some point. Because, I mean, Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner. He had 4,000 yards last year and 27 touchdowns. He's a winner, and he's a really good quarterback, and I don't think he gets enough credit because of the really good running game they had in the postseason last year. But, man, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. But this is a team that didn't have an 800-yard rusher last year. Every nobody surpassed 800 yards. That's because they they were they were running back by committee. It's probably going to be the same thing this year. If I had to give you a guy who's probably going to get 800 yards this year, it's going to be Raheem Mostert. I think. I don't think Tevin Coleman's going to be that guy. I think Raheem Mostert, if anybody's going to be the guy that does it, uh, just just figured out his contract situation. So he's going to be going into camp feeling a lot better about where he's at, but. I still don't see them getting an 800-yard rusher, especially being running back by committee. Um, of course, George Kittle, who made the NFL top 100 in the top 10. He was number 7, I believe. I mean, George Kittle, he, he is a monster. He's a beast. I think that Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in the NFL. Might be a little bit of bias there. I think Kelsey is more of a wide receiver than a tight end, to be honest with you. Because he's, I mean, that's pretty obvious. George Kittle says he loves blocking, so I think I'm not going to say he's the best tight end in the NFL, but he's he's number two and he's really close to number one. He's really good. He had a thousand yards last year. He had five touchdowns. George Kittle's a good football player. I mean, he's a football guy, a football guy. And then you lose Emmanuel Sam or Emmanuel Sanders at wide receiver. I mean, he came in like halfway through the year. He ended up having like 500 yards receiving. Uh, but you still have Debo Samuel. He was their leading receiver behind, uh, leading receiver overall. Um, if you don't count Kittle, who's a tight end, but and then you bring in Brandon Ayuk, first round pick. I don't know how good he's going to be, to be honest with you. I'm not high on Brandon Ayuk, but that's probably just because like I don't know him very well. Uh, and I did know Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, those guys, uh, Jalen Rager. I don't know how Ayuk's going to do. I think a lot of I compare him a lot to Nikhil Harry just because I think he's going to be a first-round wide receiver that doesn't really paint out in his first year. We'll see what happens with that, but I don't know. And then their defense, I mean, they lost to Forrest Buckner, but, jeez, is that 49ers defense good. Couldn't hold that Chiefs offense back, though, but they're good. I mean, Nick Bosa, I, I ah, man, he's so good. I watched Nick Bosa, and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, and then obviously D Ford who can't stay on the freaking right side of the line. Thank you very much for costing us the Super Bowl D Ford, us being the Kansas City Chiefs. I did bad journals in there again. Anyways, of course, you got Quan Alexander, Richard Sherman, Dre Greenlaw, former Razorback. He's really good actually. Now let's move on to New Orleans. The Saints of New Orleans. A team that was just heartbroken again in the playoffs on a probably, uh, I don't know if it was pass interference or not, but, man, the Vikings got the best of New Orleans again. Anyways, Drew Brees, he he was hurt for a little bit of the year, still had 3,000 yards and 27 touchdowns, which is pretty impressive. And then you got your backup quarterback who's always going to play in New Orleans nowadays, outside of Taysom Hill, obviously. Uh, Jameis Winston, who apparently got LASIK, so hopefully he can see better now. Hopefully he can throw a little bit less interceptions if he does get the chance to play. They also added Emmanuel Sanders on the offensive side. 
uh, 500-yard receiver from last year with the 49ers. I think, uh, I don't know. They lost to again. Um, Michael Thomas obviously is a beast, but does Emmanuel Sanders take away the attention from Michael Thomas a little bit? Because Emmanuel Sanders is still a really good wide receiver. Uh, we will see. I don't know if Michael Thomas is going to have as great of a year as he had last year, but he's still going to. I mean, he's still going to be a thousand-yard receiver. He's still probably going to catch a hundred passes, maybe more. But Kamara, Alvin Kamara, is a guy who dropped off a lot last year, um, especially at, at the tu- in, in touchdowns. Um, but he went down in generally every category last year. Alvin Kamara is a very talented running back, and his backup Latavius Murray. I mean, he's good. He's not. He's a good backup. He's a good backup. But Alvin Kamara can be a difference maker on that offense. He just needs to step it up. I think he will. I think he'll have a, a bounce back year. I think. I think he'll do better. Uh, New Orleans defense. I mean, I don't, they're like the Kansas City defense to me. Uh, I mean, they're not super. F- uh, the Kansas City defense is kind of flashy. Uh, I'm going to say that. I mean, like, Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew, those guys are pretty good. They're pretty flashy. Uh, New Orleans, I mean, you got Cameron Jordan, but I don't know. I think their defense is going to be fine. I think this is a team that's probably going to win 12, 13 games this year. Uh, of course, the NFC is very, very competitive. I mean, the Buccaneers, man, Tom Brady loaded up he's got two 1000 yard receivers with mike evans and chris godwin he's got gronk back oj howard running back situation situation is a little weird they signed Lashawn mccoy from kansas city um he didn't do much i mean it's a guy who andy reed made him a healthy scratch in the super bowl the last game of the year where everything's all on the line and he thought that he could win it without Lashawn mccoy so that's a little bit of a red light to me but I don't know. Keyshawn Vaughn out of Vanderbilt. A lot of good talk about him. And then people say Ronald Jones has been training a lot. Um, So running back situation is going to probably figure itself out. Might be a committee. Uh, Tom Brady, obviously. I mean, he's Tom Brady, man. You you can say forever, oh, he's old. He's old. He's old. He's old. He's old. He's old. Man, I don't trust it. I don't trust it. Buccaneers are about to start cheating. Uh, Defense is really good, too. I'm a big fan of Devin White. Um, Shaq Barrett, obviously. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's the NFC. Um, I, I didn't even talk about the Packers just because I don't trust what's going on there. I don't feel like they trust their quarterback. I don't feel like the quarterback trusts them. Aaron Rodgers, that being, I don't know. I don't know, man. Seattle's a really good team also. And then they just got Jamal Adams, but I feel like Seattle's one of those teams where like they have a really good regular season and then they just can't figure out in the playoffs. The Eagles could be really good. But if Carson Wentz goes down, are you trusting Jalen Hurts? I think he's better than what they had last year. But we'll see. It, the NFC is going to be very competitive. I think the AFC is less competitive just because they're so top-heavy with the Ravens and the Chiefs. Um, but, yeah, that's the NFL. Uh, next episode, we'll probably talk some fantasy football, uh, some some dark horse teams. Um, yeah, I'm a big fantasy guy. And then I like to talk about dark horses. I want to be bold with it, too. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about some of that NFL stuff. We're going to talk some more college football. Hopefully, we'll have better news. Uh, Episodes are going to start coming out on Mondays. Um, If you want to hit me up on Twitter, it's at Choate Mason. I would love to hear from you. Uh, My DMs are always open if you have any questions or anything. Please just tell your friends about this podcast, man. I'm really excited about this first episode. I'm really excited about this series of 
this podcast I'm going to do. I'm excited to get guests on. We're going to have guests on next week and uh, be looking for who it's going to be. Please tell your friends. Um, if you don't like it, let me know. And then I'll tell you I don't care because I am who I am. I'm the Red Rifle. And this was the Red Rifle Rundown.